If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. For those of you that want to watch my lovely, beautiful face here on the Facebook cam, I just gave it the patented thumbs up. I like to do a different variation of that each and every time that I can. It's good to be here. Thank you for thank you for joining us. The Senate has now passed unanimously, 96 to 0. They've passed this 2.2 trillion with the T, TR trillion, trillion. 2.2 trillion dollar stimulus package for uh, for the economy, for individuals, um what is it? Six hundred or twelve hundred dollars per individual, twenty four hundred dollars per couple, five hundred dollars per child under. I believe. I believe it was seventeen. So the average family of four is going to get uh, twenty four hundred. So thirty four hundred dollars, assuming you meet certain income requirements. Uh, the amount of money that will be given out will decrease, decrease with that over time, based upon your. Your income, I should say, $75,000 per person or is, is $150,000 per household, I believe is the case. So anyway, this is, uh, you know, sifting through this, sifting through this will be part of what we do this morning. And I'm going to use, fingers crossed here, I'm going to use the help of CNN. You know, you try to find, I'm telling you, you try to find a summary of this, a summary, because I'm just, I'm not going to be able to read 1,400 pages um, overnight and analyze that. Actually, this thing passed late last night, and there was a long time we didn't even see. I didn't even see this bill. We heard rumors about what was in it, although, you know, media telling us, which of course creates its own set of problems because who trusts the media? Who trusts the people who are telling the media? So we're going to look at this, and CNN's got a. A little bit of uh, is going to be some assistance here this morning. Fingers crossed on this. Although it is what I'm seeing elsewhere, it's just hard to find a it's hard to find a comprehensive list. Short of uh, digging into the whole bill, and I just I don't have time to again. It's a lot of pages, a lot of pages. So this is going to kind of settle in as to what's in this, and it's going to have to be communicated over time. But it's a lot of a lot of money. Nothing like this has ever been injected into the economy before. Um, so we're going to talk about this. But this this should be 
look, I've, I've these sorts of things. I'm not, I'm not a fundamental fan of. But this is a dramatically different circumstance than we found ourselves in 2000, 2008. 2008, we were bailing people out for uh, problems that they candidly created. In this instance, now you could certainly say that we didn't build a big enough safety net or prepare for a bad enough circumstance, but this this circumstance has been caused by a complete economic shutdown, which of course is the result of a complete healthcare shutdown. Uh, well, I guess you could say a health crisis with, with uh, coronavirus, COVID-19. So we're going to go through this this morning, what's in this particular legislation. By the way, I should mention too, if you want to share your thoughts on, on this bill, if you want to share your thoughts on something else that we talk about, or if you want to bring something else up to the program, you can you can do that, and I welcome that. You can do that by emailing me, which I mentioned at the top, Todd at ToddUpShow.com. You can also, you can also um, call the Huff Hotline. Call the Huff Hotline, 317-455-5250, 317-455-5250. That is uh, a 24-7. A uh, place where you can leave your thoughts, questions, email, or not your email, don't do that. Thoughts, questions, uh, adoration and praise for the host. Or, you know, you can criticize the host as well. And um, that, you know, I, I listen to those and on occasion we play those. And I'll, I'm going to work on playing those more frequently as well. But anyhow, here we are uh, looking at this stimulus package. So first and foremost, we've already hit on the issue of... Direct payments to individuals. And I should pause. I should pause here because technically we've only got passage through the Senate. This still has to go through the House, but it appears it appears that tomorrow, Friday, Nancy Pelosi is going to be having a vote on this on this piece of legislation. And it appears um, there, there's still some uncertainty with the House. But it, at this point, seems... Uh, seems as though we're going to see this. Well, I don't want to say because we've got Nancy Pelosi. We, we, we've had these potentially uh, competing bills. We've got people like Justin Amash, who's come out and voiced concern. Um, we've got individuals like AOC, who's said that she might take some action, kind of uh, delaying or wanting to change things. I don't know. So this has, we still got to clear the house, but uh, house of representatives, but this is, has now passed the Senate. The president has indicated he's going to sign this thing and a lot of pressure on the house. I mean, at this point, the media can't even, um, and I'm looking here on Fox is Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is looking here or explaining what her options are, but Basically, what she's trying to do is get unanimous consent. And if there's not unanimous consent, if someone wants to, one member wants to cause problems with this thing passing, then they're going to have to uh, take a, you know, take some additional steps, which is not going to be politically, I think, beneficial for anyone at this point. This has already gotten through the Senate with unanimous approval. That's a big deal. And it's going to be hard, I think, to oppose this. But look, I don't put anything past these folks, especially when some of the more ideological 
uh, some of the ideologues like uh, AOC and some of the other radicals want to see socialism and their crazy ideas implemented in this in this plan. This thing's already got a huge price tag. We don't need to be looking at long-term obligations and liabilities here um, any more than we've already got on this insanely large amount of money. But anyhow, so let me outline what's in this thing. We've got direct payments to individuals, which I uh, touched on at the top. That is each each and every American um, would receive $1,200, $2,400 per uh, couple, and $500 for each child under the age of 17. So that's $3,400 if, um, of course, there's income requirements as well. So they begin to phase out. These begin to phase out for individuals. Payments begin to phase out when individuals have an adjusted gross income um, of $75,000. That's adjusted gross incomes. And then those making more than $99,000 adjusted gross income will not qualify for all. I think, and of course, those thresholds are doubled for couples. That's where I uh, came up with the $150,000 gross uh, adjusted gross income for for married couples. So if you're making under $150,000 adjusted gross income as a as a married couple, you're you're going to see some money. You're going to see some money um, from this from this stimulus package. If you're making 100,000, it's 99,000 actually as an individual or 198,000 as a couple, you're not going to see Anything. I think I read where ninety percent of Americans will see something from this. I think that was an analysis from one of these uh, tax analysis organizations. So you get the direct payments to individuals. You've got student loan payments that are suspended. That are suspended through sept- uh, September thirtieth. No penalties. The department uh, Department of Education is going to suspend those payments. So that is. Um, that's another thing that's in this piece of legislation. There's going to be unemployment benefits. This last night, you may have seen if you're paying close attention to this last night, this became an issue for some of the Senate Republicans, namely Tim Scott, Lindsey Graham, and uh, there were a couple of others that indicated that they could not support this bill because of some issues with the way that unemployment benefits are being addressed in this particular piece of legislation. And the hang-up was something that's, I mean, a pretty good point. So you have one side that's trying to negotiate this bill, and they say, look, when we go to deal with unemployment and we look at the individual states, there's such a wide variety of how the states handle unemployment and so since their system, their systems that manage unemployment are antiquated, they're old, they're not really up with the times, the way that we can quickly and efficiently uh, you know, treat each state kind of differently based upon how they're already set up, Mnuchin said last night that doesn't really – the current system doesn't really allow for that. So we have to work with what we're dealing with, and so – in this bill, they said, "Look, we're going to give we're going to give people who are unemployed an extra six hundred dollars a week 
for four months on top of their state benefits. And so Lindsey Graham, Tim Scott, and others came out and said yesterday that this is, in fact, they were calling it some sort of a clerical mistake because there's no way this could be the case because you're actually incentivizing people in some cases. Some people would make more on unemployment than they would if they kept their job. And so the White House explained the reason for this. You know, look, we're trying to be we're trying to get this done quickly. We're trying to keep it simple so that, you know, this this influx of money can be sent out quickly and easily. We don't want to have all these variations and stipulations and the states are not in a in, in a place where they can be dealt with kind of uh, on an individual basis anyway because of their antiquated unemployment management systems. And so we're going to have to just do this. We understand that it's not a perfect formula, but right now, right now getting this done imminently is more important than getting this done perfectly. So that was the the answer given last night. And so it will be the case for some individuals where they actually would, in a sense, get a raise by not working than if they were working. Now, I will say this, and this is what Mnuchin said, you know, a lot of people at this particular point are thinking in terms of, I don't want to lose my job, period. Because, you know, this is, again, we're looking at four months of getting that $600 extra a week. Four months of that, excuse me, that's not, that's not, this isn't a long-term thing. Now, this could be extended. There's already talks about a fourth and a fifth, and I think I even heard echoes of a, a sixth piece of legislation here to deal with some of this stuff, uh, economic issues that we're facing as a nation because of coronavirus. So anyway, so we've got unemployment benefits uh, that are that are being boosted by the federal government and, um, you know, trying to to help curtail this. Well, there's a lot of jobless claims that are popping up because of this, because there's uncertainty in the economy. People are being laid off, at least temporarily. People are having their hours cut or their their salaries cut. Things are changing. Businesses are, are having no choice here. So these sorts of things are going to help um, in the short term. Of course, long term, we've got a $2 trillion bill that we just uh, you know passed here, which is, I'm not... It still is something we can't just completely ignore, but this is this is the sort of thing that's um, going to boost and solidify. Hopefully, hopefully get people to the point to where they can be able uh, to to weather some of this until the restrictions and uh, the uncertainty surrounding coronavirus actually pass, get past us, and we can begin the process of getting back to normal. And hopefully we can get back to as much of the normal, you know, the the things that were happening that were going well quickly versus this taking some time for rebound. But that's that's why fundamentally having a strong economy is going to be so helpful during this because, again, we're not looking at 2008. We're not looking at a fundamentally problematic economy, broken economy. We're looking at something that was actually doing very well as Trump reminds us constantly at his press conference. But it was doing very well, and it was, it's been an impacted in ways that 
look, it's it's hard to to predict this. It's hard. I mean, in one sense, everyone always knew something like this was possible, but I don't know to the uh, the degree to which folks really expected this to happen like this. So this is where we are. We got a piece of legislation that's now passed the the Senate and is now sitting or being sent to Nancy Pelosi's House of Representatives where they will apparently take this up tomorrow. We'll see where this goes from there. But it did pass unanimously in the Senate, which makes this harder to oppose in the House. But then again, we have to keep in mind we're dealing with some some really ideologically crazy individuals there who may have another agenda. <clears throat> so we'll talk about a few more things in this bill when we get back, but I've got to take a timeout. Got to take a quick time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Just going through this piece of legislation that is now unanimously passed the U.S. Senate 96 to 0 making its way to the House of Representatives where it apparently will be taken up tomorrow, Friday. Nancy Pelosi is either going to try to get this thing passed via unanimous consent. If not, if not, hard telling where this where this particular um, piece of legislation goes. I'm still optimistic in the sense that this will end up getting passed, but... It's again, um, politics can be somewhat unpredictable, especially with uh, some of the folks here with seemingly other uh, axes to grind at some particular point. So we've been talking about this this legislation, direct payments to individuals, student loan debts, student loan payments, I should say, suspended, um, unemployment benefits boosted by the federal government. Um, extending extending benefits even uh, 13 weeks beyond where they are now. So we've got, I mean, again, we're still parsing through this. This is a massive piece of legislation with a very large price tag. Additionally, in this, we see a $500, a $500 billion, with a B, billion-dollar lending program allowing the Treasury Department to provide Five hundred billion with a B dollars in loans, loan guarantees, and investment investments. This would include the twenty-five billion dollar bailout of sorts uh, to the passenger airlines. Four billion dollars going to cargo air carriers. Seventeen billion dollars going to businesses that work in national security. The rest of the funds, which total $454 billion, are, there's a wide latitude given to those, again, looking at CNN here, that allow uh, that would provide bo- loans to states, municipalities, and businesses, uh, again, as a result of what we're facing here with Coronaviruses. There's also a, a stipulation in the, in the legislation that prohibits federally elected officials and their immediate relatives from in, uh, obtaining funds from that $500 billion program. This would specifically, the legislation specifically calls out the president, the vice president, the head of an executive department, member of Congress, their spouse, child, son-in-law, or daughter-in-law. And this would be applied to anyone who has greater than a 20% share 
of a particular business. So that's in there as well. There's no money for the border wall, although Trump talks about this during his um, talked about this a little bit during his uh, coronavirus task force update, his press conference last night, which was I think it was about six o'clock or so when I saw him come out and briefly address the press. In fact, I got a one soundbite I want to actually have two soundbites. One of them I've decided not to play, but the other I do want to play. So he talked about 134 miles of border wall that's been put up, which is interesting. I mean, with the spread of coronavirus. In fact, I saw a headline yesterday. ICE had detained uh, a person now uh, that has been tested positive. Again, I just saw the headline. I don't have the whole story here, but ICE had detained someone that tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, So we know that coronavirus now has been detected coming across our southern border, and that individual was detained, but have there been other people get through with it? So now you think having 134 miles of wall, no matter what anyone tells us, you know, walls, walls do work, folks. You may not, there may be another reason someone doesn't like the wall, they don't like the eyesore, they don't like the message it sends or whatever the case may be. But this argument that people have said that walls walls don't work, I've shared before that I am coming to you from the home studio inside of four walls. <clears throat> there are four walls surrounding me this morning, and I have yet to see. In fact, we let Echo, the family dog, out this <clears throat> excuse me, back door. Out this back door you know, to go out uh, to do her business, to whatever, chase squirrels outside or whatever she does. But I've never once seen her just walk through the wall. It's an amazing thing. I've, I've never seen that. She seems to prefer to come through the door. And I know that that sounds a bit like a Seinfeld uh, where George Costanza was taking the IQ test, snuck out the window <laughs> instead of using the door. And he explained this to his girlfriend. Why would I use a door when there was a perfectly good window right here in the bedroom where I was taking the IQ test. Of course, he took that test to Elaine because he thought Elaine would score higher. (laughs) I love Seinfeld, by the way. But he didn't walk through the wall. That's amazing. He needed, even though he used a window, which was peculiar, he still didn't just walk through the wall. It turns out that walls do work. My guess is this morning as you're listening to me, you're inside the walls of of a car, the walls of an office, the walls of your home. I guess you could be outside, but I'm guessing most people are inside some sort of a wall, and you find that those walls have typically worked. But there's no money in here. Not suggesting there should have been money for the border wall, but this was something that uh, that was important that that to some that got into this legislation. Airlines and airports uh, getting uh, money. We mentioned passenger airlines, but. Um, This is going to help the industry, and this helps them uh, to to feel optimistic now. Now that their uh, their travel has been literally just completely non-existent, hospitals get money. About 117 billion going to hospitals. Again, according to estimates, this is. Look, there's so much to sift through here. There's going to be some information that come out. Um, additionally to this, contractors and, quote, gig workers, um, they're going to be able for the first time 
um, to actually, as I understand it, as I understand it, these folks can now actually, including business owners, as I understand it, are going to be eligible uh, for some provision in here of um, of unemployment, which typically doesn't doesn't happen. There's protections against foreclosures and evictions. I don't know if you saw yesterday, but Governor Gavin Newsom announced that with four banks, at least as it pertains to the state of California, they were suspending um, you know mandatory mortgage payments, I believe. Four big banks. I know Wells Fargo was in there. I think J.P. Morgan Chase uh, Chase was in there. But I so they're uh, that's specific to California. But you see other things in this legislation uh, where they're trying to protect people from getting foreclosed upon. And yes, there's still twenty five million dollars for the Kennedy Senator, although that number uh, dropped dropped from 35 million which was originally in the bill we're down to just a mere 25 million for the Kennedy Center in Washington DC the John F Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington DC so but most of the uh the, the the pork that was placed in there by say Nancy Pelosi in the house version has not ended up in this thing but there's still things like um like this money for the Kennedy Center Long in this segment, got to take a time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, where yes, 98% of scientists agree that listening can stop and even reverse the effects of liberalism. Thanks for tuning in. Be back in just a minute. This is an American Red Cross blood donation alert. We are currently facing a severe blood shortage during this coronavirus outbreak. Healthy blood and platelet donors are asked to make an appointment to give now. Donating blood is safe and can help save lives. Cancer patients, accident victims, and so many others continue to need life-saving blood. Please schedule your appointment now. By visiting redcrossblood.org or calling 1-800-RED-CROSS, you can make a difference. So keep that in mind, folks. Um, you know, it's, this, the situation has put a halt to everything. Um, people are only doing uh, the basic sort of activities and things that uh, have to be done because of what's happening and because we're candidly ordered to do that, um, in many cases by our by our governments, we're told to be socially distant and all this sort of stuff, which um, I think has certainly helped with this. I mean, as much as I can tell, as someone that just observes this, not someone who's a medical professional, but there are other things. Um, you know, there are still people dealing with with cancer. There are still people who are in accidents, automobile accidents, other accidents where they need. They need blood, so please keep that in mind, redcrossblood.org, or you can call 1-800-RED-CROSS to schedule your appointment now. All right, so we've been looking at this this legislation. Um, I want to shift gears a tad bit here. I want to go to the Coronavirus Task Force update last night. I don't know if you watched this. I I have to tell you, I, I like I like watching um, – 
I like watching this. I really do. This, uh, these updates, I think Dr. Fauci does a good job. I think Dr. Burks does a good job. I think last night Mnuchin did a good job. And I think Trump, once he gets to the question and answer session of this, is this is just his element. I know that it makes many people, um, I don't know, uncomfortable or they think it's unpresidential. Um, But the reality is you've got to deal with the people in that room who are deliberately deceiving, deliberately deceiving uh, us, misrepresenting what's going on with the Trump campaign with something else. And look, this isn't to say, this isn't to give Trump a, a pass. There's certainly been hiccups along the way. But I think as of right now, this is being handled pretty pretty well. I know that there's, you know, ventilator shortages in New York City. I just I don't always understand why this is always the responsibility of the federal government, why this is not the responsibility of the states. I mean, we this is unfortunately one of the results of, of having lovers of big government run big government. They always think, you know, some people think of it like a hierarchy. The federal government, folks, is not like the superiors of the states. It's not like, you know, I know a lot of people think of governments as the structure of a government, just like a hierarchy at a company. Well, if I want to be a VP, the equivalent of a VP, I've got to run for the House or the Senate. That's not at all the way um, that this is supposed to be set up. In fact, if you read if you read the Bill of Rights and you look at the Tenth Amendment, I mean, it gives pretty strict guidelines for what the federal government should be involved with in doing. And then it, and then you look at the the role of the states, and it says that basically anything not found in this Constitution, anything that we've written about here that's not clearly defined in the Constitution, those are those things are reserved by the the people and the states. And so. It's not like a hierarchy, a system of hierarchy in the sense of like a company structure, president, vice president, whatever, you know, regional managers and all this sort of stuff. Not in the sense of not in the sense of working for the state government to the federal government, although that's how it's been interpreted and, and put into practice in many cases. So there's there's a role for for states. I mean, a lot of these states, folks, that we're looking at um, are in fiscal crisis themselves because they've been mismanaged for so long. States like California, states like Illinois, I mean, incredibly mismanaged. And a lot of this stuff is due to unfunded liabilities, long-term liabilities in the sense of enormous retirement packages that are given uh, to, to state employees these pension funds and so forth. There's other problems too. I'm not just picking on that. But they've lived as though there's there's no there's no price tag for these things. They're living in the world of fantasy money. And so they've been mismanaged and that's not the president's fault, the federal government's fault. Now there are certainly problems within the federal government, the bureaucracy. I think a lot of this stuff that's been exposed is rooted in the things that you would hear conservatives talk about for a long time, the problem of you know, of, of fiscal mismanagement, the problem of not having enough, um, well, having too much, I should say, too much bureaucracy. You look at some of the reasons these tests were not allowed to be taken 
in mass originally, and there's still issues with the test. But a lot of this or some of this percentage, I guess there's disagreements, but but based in bureaucratic red tape and so forth, that's not the way that this is supposed to be. You look at the way that some of these uh, drugs, you saw the, I don't know if you saw this, the governor of Nevada or Nevada has outlawed the use by executive order, outlawed the use of uh, ZPAC, azithromycin, and um, what the, what is it again? Chlora. Chloroquine, yeah. I think hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine. He's outlawed that because the FDA hasn't approved it for that purpose yet. It's a misunderstanding of what the FDA is there for. There's drugs that are actually used for what they call off-label treatments. Um, It doesn't mean that taking it is going to suddenly kill you. Actually, since it's been used for other things, we know that it's not – we know the risks associated with it in that respect. They just don't know – clinically if it can be proven to treat the disease but why outlaw it especially for those people who are hopeless there's a story of a gentleman i think in florida i think he was in florida who didn't think he was going to live through the night they gave him a treatment of this and by 4 30 in the morning he said he felt good he felt good because of this treatment of azithromycin and chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine i don't know which one it is i'm not that's not my world but Whatever the combination is, why can't you get it, especially especially if, if they tell you there's no other hope? This guy had told his family. I believe I read this guy told his family goodbye. And they said, we'll try this one treatment, and it worked. And it worked. And now in Nevada, the governor there is outlawing this, making it illegal to be used for that. So, But I want to play these uh, this Trump soundbite when I get back. I haven't forgotten that. I just... I want to play this because a lot of what we're dealing with is due a, a portion of what we're dealing with is due to misinformation and and candidly not good reporting and candidly hatred for Trump. That all comes up in this soundbite that I want you to hear, but I've got to take a time out. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. Sorry, there was some crosstalk. I didn't know that there was. I was looking something up online, and apparently a video played and audio there. Sorry about that. But um, I want to play these sound bites or this sound bite from Trump yesterday at the daily update, uh, the Coronavirus Task Force uh, press conference, where they update individuals um, on the status update Americans and the media, I should say, on the status of the coronavirus, where we stand, they answer questions. And Trump had this exchange <laughs> with one of the reporters there, which I think I think is just um, – I, I, I appreciate him doing this. The questions he gets, the, the condescension and the arrogance that some of these people out there have, the accusatory tone, all this stuff – They completely exist in a world where blinders are, I think, required. Required. She's talking about Trump, specifically um, Trump trying to politicize, I guess, the coronavirus as though 
Uh, it's just it's insanity. It's insanity. I want you to listen to this exchange Trump and a reporter last night uh, in this coronavirus briefing. Mr. President, you tweeted earlier linking the closing of the country to your election success uh, in in November. Is this Easter timeline based on your political interests? Because you tweeted, you said that the media wants the country to remain closed to hurt your. No, no, I think the media. Yeah, no, the media would like to see me do poorly in the election. I think. I think lawmakers and economists both sides of the aisle have said that reopening the country by Easter is not a good idea. What is that plan based on? Just so you understand, are you ready? I think there are certain people that would like it not to open so quickly. I think there are certain people that would like it to do financially poorly because they think that would be very good as far as defeating me at the polls. And I don't know if that's so, but I do think it's so that a lot of that there are people in your profession that would like that to happen. I think it's very clear. I think it's very clear that there are people in your profession that write fake news. You do. She does. There are people in your profession that write fake news. They would love to see me for whatever reason, because we've done one hell of a job. Nobody's done the job that we've done. And it's lucky that you have this group here right now for this problem, or you wouldn't even have a country left. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) You're lucky that you have us, or you wouldn't even have a country left. You write fake news. She writes fake news. <laughs> I mean, it's – this is – in fact, we were watching it last night, and my, my wife commented that when he was reading the opening statement, she made the comment that he didn't seem to have much energy. I said, oh, wait. I said, this is – this isn't his element yet. It's once they start uh, asking the questions, that's when it gets pumped up. And, of course, it's, it's, it's inevitable for something like this to, to come up. But the question really was, it's just, it's an incredible question, not an incredibly good question, an incredibly, just the amount of blinders you have to be wearing, the amount of blinders you have to be wearing to ask the question that she asks is just insane to me. Trump um, is talking about how people want to politically hurt him by using news about this or by keeping the economy down. By his pointing that out, he's making it political. But what about the people? My goodness, we've got sound bites. And I know the soundbite isn't tied directly to coronavirus from Bill Maher, but he was cheering. He's been cheering for a recession for two years now. He said it's the only way that we're going to defeat Trump. Now, I'm not putting words in Bill Maher's mouth suggesting that he's happy with coronavirus but he's told us he's happy with recession so yeah he's told us that hey whatever whatever the cost financially it's worth it it's worth it to at least have a country trump jumps in here and says by the way you're lucky to have a country probably wouldn't even have one if hillary clinton were up here be a total mess and debacle and yes it is political for some people it's disgusting some people are cheering for an economic recession for political purposes What is wrong with pointing that out when that is demonstrably accurate? I'm not saying that's accurate for every person who's politically on the other side of Trump, but it is certainly the case for some. And Trump, it's just Trump then gets blamed for making it political by responding to the people who are making it political. I mean, it's just it's it's insanity to me. Anyway, I got to I can take a time out. By the way, next hour, which the next hour you can uh, for the time being watch on Facebook facebook.com slash Show, or if you sign up for our email newsletter later today i will send out uh, an email we'll send out an email where you can sign up to get free access that's uh, a total access where you can listen online and get 
uh, a membership or access to total access um, to listen to bonus content through the end of April. So I'll email that out here later today. But either way, all you got to do for that is sign up for the email newsletter, toddoffshow.com slash subscribe or text Huff to 31996 to sign up for the newsletter. So anyway, but we're going to talk next hour about some of the reasons why the Democrats might want this to be about anything besides Joe Biden. My, oh, my. Some things to share there. You got to take a time out. You're listening to conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. to the Joe Biden situation here at the beginning of next hour. But for those of you, look, I understand that coronavirus has brought all sorts of struggles. It's, it's created new ones. It might have brought old ones to the surface. But if you are struggling with events, Care to Change Counseling is here to help. A team of professionals is ready to talk with you about anxiety, depression, uncertainty. They can offer solutions on how to cope and move forward. Care to Change offers teleservices teleservices so you can find help right from the comfort of your own home. You can call 317-790-9396 or visit caretochange.org. Encourage you to do that today if that is something that would help you. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Jumping into second hour here in just a minute, SDG, see you in a few.